What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number three of Through the Veil. I'm your host, Alex Nelson, and in this episode, we dig in deep with business badass Sarah Regalhuth. In this episode, we cover a lot of her personal struggles with depression and living in her own truth, as well as diving deep into some entrepreneurship topics that I found super interesting. This is one of my favorite episodes to date, so I hope you really, really enjoy this one. If you do, please consider dropping a five-star rating or giving this video a like and a share, as well as hitting that subscribe button. Anyways, I appreciate you listening in and enjoy the show. I guess we'll just start off with kind of going through what your area of expertise is, what you think you're really good at. So mm -hmm. just give me that in a couple sentences, a couple paragraphs. Okay. Uh, well, I'm an entrepreneur, I suppose. That's my area of where I like to play. Um, 10 years as an entrepreneur and previous years before that was in a family business with my dad who's yeah. an entrepreneur. So I just love solving problems, creating things, um, ideating and I guess I also love building teams. Like I love just kind of rallying the troops around, you know, whatever that vision or mission is. Um, I'm also like really diverse in my passions and things that I'm into, which I think actually everyone or many people are. Yeah. So I've done like a number of different businesses and I will continue to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love it when I find something that I'm just super excited about and then I build a team around that and then we go and bring it to the world. That's awesome. So team building something I'm interested in. So sort of as a aside, my previous life is as just production management. That's uh -huh. my skill set is manufacturing management. Yeah, cool. So very well versed in building teams and something I always find interesting to I get love it. other yeah. people's perspectives because it is such a it's a dynamic thing and doing it right is so difficult because you yep. can manage all these different personalities, but such a beautiful thing when it comes together okay. and you just see like Amazing. the puzzle pieces all fit in together. I love like my whole journey with, with team building and leadership as well. I just love the evolution of that yeah. because when I first stepped into it, it was like I was emulating what right. I thought a leader looked like. I was emulating what I thought I needed to do and you know, a very steep learning curve of like just this is not resonating with people. <laughs> like you got really high turnover happening yeah. here, like your team are not happy. Um, and then moving to a place where I was like started getting feedback on my leadership and yeah. then being able to incorporate that and then ultimately now I'm like the most hands-off leader ever. I love to just let my people do what they want to do, trust them, um, which is kind of coming back to where I believe getting the right people who are aligned with the vision um, and then we just like can create magic together. Uh, yeah, it's been such an interesting journey but I love the whole, I feel like it's not until you find your authentic leadership style yes. and then magic happens exactly. but before then when you're emulating you're like reading books oh this is a really good way to lead oh, it's like not you yeah you to, like talk to every single one every all day and just like and probably like, some people that's their authentic way and they yeah. can probably find the team members that will thrive in that dynamic but like as you know because I was just late for our meeting yeah. like I'm very like time yeah. is Go very <laughs> I don't know what time is and I love to travel I love to move around mm -hmm. I love a lot of change and stuff so I need people to work with me who yes. are kind of on that same page, yeah, otherwise absolutely. one of us is going to be frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So what's a, what's sort of business you're digging into most recently that you're excited about that lights your fire? Yeah, I mean, I always have a few things going, mm -hmm. um, but I'm spending, like my core, I always have one that's my core focus, right. so I'm spending 80% of my time 
on a company called Grow My Team, which is basically we recruit and then manage from a HR perspective yeah. um, people who work from home. So okay. companies in the US, Canada and Australia, we kind of headhunt for them talent anywhere in the world right. who work from home and then just manage them on a performance HR perspective gotcha. ongoing. So that's kind of my passion for yeah. teams is actually um, what we do is recruit and manage yeah. remote staff, but like why we do it is I want other entrepreneurs to have the same lifestyle I do, which right. is I'm, I have the best lifestyle. You can have your team anywhere. Yeah, and, and I have, like, I'm just here now in Tulum for the weekend, but I'm going to stay for, I haven't got to fly back. Like, yeah. I'll probably just stay down here for three or four weeks, yeah, and cool. I can just do that. And, that. you know, it's amazing. And I want, I think we all go into business, not all of us, but part of the reason we go in is to have some more freedom. Yep. Um, but oftentimes we find ourselves with like less freedom than we had when we were working for somebody else. So yes. I really want to like help bring that to other entrepreneurs and to um, employees as yes. well. Like why can they not have the same freedom that we have? Uh, and then I've actually just bought a company called Airbnb Hands Free with my two best friends. So um, guy that I've known since I was 13 and a girlfriend I've known for about 15 years. Um, so we've bought this company which is Airbnb Property Management. Right and she's running that business. Um, she's been my operations manager for, I think, eight years, and now she's going in as CEO, That's and awesome. I'm more of like an investor, which yeah. is really fun, I'm loving it. Um, I have a company called The League of Extraordinary Women, which we run events and community and conferences um, for female entrepreneurs, which yeah. is super awesome. We started that in 2011, and it's amazing. One of my co-founders is the CEO of that. So those are kind of like my main things. I'm yeah. doing some retreats. I'm, yeah, I'm, I like to have my hands over a few things. That's keeps fine. me interested. Exactly. <laughs> keeps your brain moving. Keeps, keeps me engaged. It. Yeah. That's fine. Like when I'm diversifying my interests, they connect in weird ways that I'm not expecting. Where it's like, oh, that over there actually totally flies over here. Totally. Every like, single thing in my life is this little universe of connections, and it's like. I literally sold out of my last company, my financial planning mm -hmm. company, which was 17 years in finance, yeah. um, late last year. I had like a full breakdown and a full like, who am I and am I worth anything uh -huh. and all the self-doubt yeah. of, of being an entrepreneur and it's so interesting that I kind of had a breakdown, um, which was a lot of personal growth, a lot of coming out of that, yeah. broke up with my, my partner. Mm -hmm. Went to Saltara and did ayahuasca yeah. and along with a lot of other personal growth and development and it's like ever since then, so the last sort of three or so months, I've just been in a total flow state yeah. and everything from my entrepreneurial just career perspective together. has just come together awesome. and it all it all is this little ecosystem that all complements. Yeah, so I'm, love really, it. I'm really curious because I always, my personal perspective is that when you have this sort of breakdowns, what's happened from a psychological perspective is you've become disintegrated from what sort of your true path is. Yes, kind of totally. Get, you get off the path and as you get further and further away you can't even all of a sudden see the exactly. path anymore and then you're just like lost wandering around. So can you talk a little bit about because I think it's it's helpful for people to know some of the warning signs when they're getting into that space where they're becoming yeah. more and more disintegrated so that they know like, hey, here are the steps that maybe you experienced yep. before you got to that big breakdown moment totally. where you're like, I noticed I like that sleeping. word. I like that word, disintegrated. Yeah, I, it's exactly how I, you just gave me goosebumps when you were talking. It's exactly how I see it, and even your hand movements. Yeah. It's like this is my truth. This is right. who I am, and it's like, you know, what I feel like everyday life is like, oh, 
like just like come back, come back. But then yeah, sometimes you just all of a sudden you're all the way over here, and you're like shit. And coming back to here is like it's hard and it's scary. Um, I think it's it's so interesting because there's the bigger picture of my life of like when was I there yeah. and how far like how long. And I feel like that in some regards was a long time but I think the more recent like what happened over the last two years which probably really led to the breakdown um, was I, I got separated from my husband we, yeah. we got divorced ultimately but we separated about two and a half years ago and I think we separated because I felt like I'm not thriving anymore I'm not I'm not yes. here there's part of me that's kind of been left to the side and um, you saw a comfy couch over here and you, yeah. got, you got stuck on the comfy couch Exactly, yeah, and that was a really big deal for me because I think when you marry someone you do, you, you have made that commitment to yes. spend life, so then it was like, okay, well, I think that's not working for me, um, so that made me question relationships as, as a whole, whole yeah. everything, I kind of started diving into non-monogamy at that mm -hmm. point, uh, but I knew... I've been in a relationship since I was 16, like yeah. serial, one to the next, to the next, to the next. And kind of like stepped out on my own. I was like, all right, like I'm ready to do this and I need to do this. Yeah. And then within six months, I met a man and fell in love. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and, uh, well, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. But it was, I think timing is a big thing. Yes. And timing for our relationship to work long term probably wasn't there because my truth at that point was I needed this time yes. for myself. However, he came into my life and I mean, I still love him. Yeah. We broke up a few months ago. I love him so fucking much. Yes. Um, and he, it's absolutely a soul connection. Like yeah. he came into my life to basically bring all of my abandonment wounding to the surface yeah. so that I could heal it, which was the reason why I'd been in the relation, the serial relationship thing. So. Which is beautiful that you recognize that. Yeah. That's like, I don't know, so many people I think don't do the important thing, which is go back and critically analyze what their actions have shown. Yeah. And to be able to look back and go like, oh, well, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Oh. What does that mean? I know. And, I, and it was hard because I fell in love with him and and I was like, I was, I was, I was halfway back. Mm -hmm. I almost fought, felt like I was back and then I met him and all of a sudden I'm off again because yeah the idea of love and being in love and committing and he asked me to be his life partner and I said yes. Yeah. So then there was that on top of us as well. And it was it all happened quite quickly from ending another life partnership. Yes. Yeah. And you know, at the time when I've got all of this stuff swirling around me, around monogamy, around commitment and how yeah. you can really make it and I'm doing it all again and I'm like shit. And we, we were open. We were open for a little bit, then we tried monogamy and then we opened up again. And that was an amazing journey as well. Yes. Um, but you know, brings also every freaking insecurity that you didn't know. It's a powerful you. growth tool right there. Yeah, so I'm like, like literally every personal growth thing that yeah. has ever happened in my life, like all got condensed into, yeah. like previously there's been this and that, like one by one, this is like everything happening at once. Um, and as I said, that relationship triggered all my abandonment stuff. So I was kind of this anxious, I don't know, you're probably familiar with attachment styles, yeah. but I'm like the anxious and he was the avoidant. So we were just like on this roller coaster. Yeah. And it, it basically just, you know, it was like a, the roller coaster for me was like down, down, yeah. like I could just feel myself slipping more and more yes. from my truth. And, you know, I loved him so much, I wanted to make it work, but I think I knew internally, this is not working. Like you are not functioning as a human. You're not able to engage in life the way that you usually do. Yes. You're not present, you're not, 
like your high anxiety and then the depression started coming and I started feeling really down and yeah. spending days in bed and you know at the same time negotiating out of um, stuff still with my ex-husband like yeah. still figuring out so we had all our businesses together so mm -hmm. I was still figuring all of that out so there was a lot of change happening but ultimately I think to go back to your question which was like what are the early warning signs when I met my ex and he asked me to make that commitment to him yeah that was probably the first time where I stepped out well hang on Sarah you're not like are you sure and yeah. I didn't know if I was sure yeah. but I just said yes because I loved him yes. I felt like I was but really that's when like something inside me started feeling a bit yeah. funny and then he said I want you to move to Vancouver and I and I thought mm -hmm. about it and then I, I remember like making the decision to move there and it was when I was in Bali in January of last year and that's when the anxiety started because yeah. I knew that wasn't going to work Your me. true self My true self was just screaming. No, yes. <laughs> it's like, hey! My true self was like, wait, wait, we were going to go to New York or Colorado. Like, yeah. what, what's, why are we going to Vancouver? And I think I kind of knew at that point that, but I was too scared to talk to him yes. about, hey, I'm actually afraid of moving to Vancouver. I'm actually, and... You know, so then that's when that you start withholding those little parts of yourself, those little fears, those whatever from people around you because, yeah. you know, we've just met four or five months ago, we're in love, and he's amazing. Yes. Like, I don't want to rock the boat on that. I don't want to destroy that. It's almost like you've had, you almost have a second personality that you kind of partition off yeah. in your brain where it's like, it's a different version of you that's like, uh, I don't know, but you don't, you don't want to, the relationship could be loving, it could be amazing. Yeah. So you don't want to bring that in there. So you just kind of set it over here yep. and then slowly grow it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it hits that crescendo point that I think you experienced uh, where it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Where did that come from? I know. And it's it is. Been. It's that I know myself now. Uh, I know this part of myself and I've seen it repeatedly. Yeah. And it's like, I tell myself, I can manage it. I can yeah. deal with this. It's fine. Like, it's fine. It's I'll, fine. Get, I'll figure a way out. I'll figure a way to you know, handle this yes. myself, I'm going to do it alone. Whereas like actually just having a conversation with him about maybe Vancouver is really hard. Like, can yes. we talk about that? And that might've, maybe I wouldn't have gone or yeah. maybe it would have just shifted the dynamic for us around that. Or so what I've learned on this journey was like every time that little voice in you is going, hang on, I'm not yeah. sure. Like, let it have a voice, yes. let it out. Because essentially, yeah, I just fast tracked into that depression. And I, by the end I was so far from my authentic self. Yeah. And I started holding more and more back from him. We were in an open relationship, yep. as I said, so that was complicated. Mm -hmm. I started holding back a few times where I'd probably pushed the line a little further yeah. with other men that I shouldn't have. Yes. And I know why I was sabotaging. Yeah. Like, you know, I wasn't in my truth. I wasn't honoring myself. So I was sabotaging with that, like the flirting and attention of exactly. other men, because that was filling me up with love. Uh, well, Nice not real love, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it was filling me up with those feelings. I was sabotaging with alcohol, mm -hmm. I was sabotaging with, you know, probably like drama and other things because I just didn't want to get into my truth. Yes. Um, so I think when we start sabotaging, when we start holding back, like, man, my lesson now is like nip it in the bud, like yes. just ignore that voice that says you can manage it and figure it out on your own right. somewhere down the track because it's bullshit. Like, Which I think it's like it's the most difficult for people like you who are hyper-competent in other areas of your life, mm -hmm. like you're obviously a business badass, so because you're so good at that, mm -hmm. it becomes really difficult to accept in your personal oh. life and within yourself that like, man, there's some hurt here, I, I actually have to deal with this, I can't yeah. just power through it, Yeah. so that's, 
it's cool that you're coming to the realization now and sort of yeah. being able to look back at it. I think that's really true. Like, I remember feeling the whole year as I was on this, like, slide down, like, I just got to get back to where I was. Like, that period between leaving my husband and meeting him, I felt really alive. I yeah. felt really in my power. And I was, but I was on the journey into it, and I kind of got sidetracked before I really ground into that. But I remember feeling the whole of last year, like, I've just got to get back, I've just got to get back. And ultimately, when I had the full breakdown, which was the point at which you go, okay, no more, I can't. I can't pick myself up and buy another day now and that was the surrender and I went home to my sister and literally slothed around her house for a month and did every therapy and journaling yep. and everything that I could possibly like do to try to heal myself yeah. um, but I think it was like at that point where I just surrendered and I was like I'm not going back I'm going through and I will be reborn, something yep. new, something different and that is okay. Like a phoenix, I'm going to yeah. burn this motherfucker down yeah. and, I'm and I'm not going to look the same anymore like and it's kind of scary because we, we, I think sometimes, what's the word, like idealize or yeah. fantasize about that version yeah. of ourselves and wanting to go back Identify to that. as it, you look at that as Yeah. Me. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to heal stuff, which is actually going to change everything about who I am, and the what relationships I, I have and all of it. Which is so powerful. And I think I always, what I find difficult personally is that it feels, and I think you probably resonate with this, it feels like taking a step backwards. And I think oh, that's the part possibly, I have the yeah. most trouble with. Yeah. It's like, oh, I have to go to this healing, which means I have to re... It's like, I'm building a building, oh, but I fucked up the foundation. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> knock the whole fucker down and restart from the ground up. And like, that's, yeah. it's always scary to me, because I'm just like, oh, I don't... I've done so much, I, uh, I've made myself into being so good yeah. at this other thing, that uh, it's gotta be okay. And it's just... Oh, that breath. Thing doesn't matter. I we gotta build that foundation right. <laughs> we gotta get that right. So otherwise, everything else is just tipsy and just waiting. I know it's so true. It's so like, yeah. It was. It's been a tough journey, and I think, I think as well when you experience that level of de like that depression, which I hadn't. I look back now, and I feel like I'd always had this underlying sadness that would sure. come up, but I'd never. I wouldn't have called it depression. I'd never like gone into it. I can still function, yeah. right? But I realized like functioning for me, there was a lot of numbing out. Mm -hmm. And numbing out through being really busy, yep. being really competent as a business owner, an entrepreneur, yep. being really social, plus alcohol and other things yep. from time to time, relationships, men, yep. whatever. Um, so I've always been there, but experiencing that real depression where you're like, I can't get out of bed, I yep. can't, like to not function when you're a high achieving, high functioning, high performing yep. person is like a very big, oh my God. whoa, like what's happening? Done before where I just laid in bed and like watched on my yeah. phone for six hours yeah. and I'm just like what's the most stimulating thing I can watch right now to make me not think about the fact I'm being a piece of shit right now yeah. and just like the wheels yeah. start turning internally and I'm just like oh boy here we go yeah so I think once you've experienced it it's like you you've seen a side of yourself that you hadn't seen before so I think there's a change that happens in that as well I've got a lot more respect now for pain for yeah. the full spectrum of emotions and to sit with them and let them be right. um, which is I don't think it still fucking hurts like I still don't want to sit in it but yeah but I have more respect for it now and I don't want to distract well I want to sometimes distract her but I'm not going to distract from it I'm going to stay with it yeah I think it's a it's just such a difficult leaning into that stuff is so hard because it it's just coming to mind right now. It's almost like you have a, you have an inner child in you that is sort of 
knows what you should be doing and that inner child like speaking to you like hey 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 yeah. but if you ignore that inner child for long enough it just starts to get sad yeah and that's just this internal little sadness yeah. and then it's just like i just want to play like come on move towards the thing that i you know whatever yeah. is for you is play and it's just in there just oh okay you're gonna ignore me again all right mm -hmm. i see how it is so i think it's a it's just difficult that you have to take care of that part of yourself and you have to yeah. go, hey, hey little guy it's okay you're, you're gonna be all right and, and it's like, why are we ignoring it? And yeah. really the reason we're ignoring it, I think most times is because of not ourselves, of other people, yeah. of how we think we should show mm -hmm. up, how we think we should be, the obligations we yes. feel that we have to others, to society, right. to constructs. And when you break it all down simply, you're like, nothing matters right. if I, my little inner child and me is not happy. Like if we are all running around doing what we think everyone else wants yeah. or what society expects like none of us are happy no. so what's the point so in that it's not fun <laughs> yeah and it, it it ends up being such a such a vicious cycle because you end up just not moving forward in any real sense personally which yeah if what you're trying to do which i think is what you're trying to do it's definitely what i'm trying yeah. to do is shine a light for the people totally it doesn't shine the right light because you're giving them the wrong blueprint the mm -hmm. blueprint's like nope i'm perfect all the time you should never have a negative emotion, which makes them feel even worse. Cause they're like, well, I guess Sarah's perfect yeah. and she's an outlier, so I can't do what she does. Yeah. Acknowledging that pain goes a long way towards just showing other people, okay, it's okay, here's where I came from. Yeah. Here's all the steps I had to take. Like, I didn't get here by accident. I need to work on this, 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 and this. And I'm still balls deep in the yeah. work right now. So. It's so interesting you say that because that's exactly how I felt last year. I felt I had an obligation to be like an inspiring person, a leader, a, you know, a positive role model. And, you know, the, the, thing, the, the framework that I put around that was like that life looks good and happy all the time. And most of last year I really held back from social media because I was like, I can't post any negative. So, you know, just don't post at all. And I had periods where I'd have to take Instagram off my phone because yeah. I was feeling so bad and I'd look at everyone else's perfect life and just be like, that's when I knew I was bad because I had never been through that in my life. Yeah. Like I'd heard about people saying social media is so bad and I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, because I think I'd felt so confident and um, happy in my life that yeah. I, I wasn't swayed or impacted by other people's social media. But last year when things weren't going so well, yeah. I was. And I was like, I can't, you know, I'm lying in bed start scrolling scroll, and I'm like, scroll, oh my scroll. god, my life's not like that, I'm a mess, <laughs> shit, I can't look at this. But yes, something something funny happened when I had my breakdown and I was sitting in the bathtub at my sister's house and I had this clear message like, you need to write your life, you need to start yeah. writing. And I literally got out of the bath, yeah. went up to my room and just started writing. Yeah. And very quickly I had this other kind of message come to me that was like, you need to share where you're at, like right now. And I wasn't quite ready in that moment in October but from about January this year I started sharing like what was happening like right now all the bad stuff and um, fuck, it's been like the most amazing journey back to truth and authenticity yep. and also seeing that there is still inspiration and guiding light and positivity that comes from me sharing even the tough stuff totally. and it's been such an amazing journey something I'm super grateful for because I have no idea why I'm doing it, like I just got the message, just, just share, yep. but it's been healing for me and it's 
I believe it's been healing for others because people reach out to me and they're like, can we have a conversation about this? Can we yes. talk about this? And we have this conversation and it's just like, oh, I'm not the only one. Yep, exactly. And they're not the only one and I don't know the answer right now, but we can figure it out together. Yes. And it's been really amazing because, and it's so interesting now, I just have a real aversion to these like perfectly curated Instagram feeds now. So I'm just like, boring. There's like a lot of that, not just Instagram, but just life in general. I'm like, is that really? It's one of the things I tell people if they're looking for a coach, I'm like, look through your Instagram feed or whatever social media they're on. If they look perfect, don't hire them. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Because if they don't have that vulnerability, how are they, you know, they're just giving you advice versus Tools, going, advice. here's Great. the shit I went through yeah. and here's what I think can help you. And I agree with that. That's a good, helpful. yeah. That's good advice for people. Yeah. So, what's the uh, favorite part of that pretty well? I think it's a, it's just something that's important for people to hear. Because they can, A, they can avoid what you kind of had to go yeah. through. But B, if they're listening right now and they're in the middle of it, then they can go, oh, those warning signs make sense to me. Yeah. That's something that I think I'm experiencing. I, re- I feel that our truth is our freedom. Yes. Like, as we get closer to what's true for us, we liberate. Like every step is like a step of liberation back because how I feel now is, you know, a much more open book. I really don't, I'm not gonna live in this constraints of what I, I don't even know, but what I think everyone wants me to be. Like just get rid of it and be like, this is who I am. Like, here I am. And it's, it is very freeing because no matter which way you go in life, you can't please everyone anyway. So you might as well just be you and not please everyone anyway. <laughs> and it filters in the people that actually like you yeah. rather than filters in people that like a construct of you. So. And then when you're sitting face to face with them, you're like, we actually like each other. Yeah. Yes. I don't feel like you like the version of me that I'm putting right. forward. And if you see the real me, it's gonna all fall apart. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, I really believe that it's just the closer we get to truth, the more free, the more liberated we are, the more the more happy ultimately we can feel. Yeah, totally. Or peaceful is maybe a better word. Yeah. Like there's a peace in just Right. This it's is it. A resonance and it's a it's a meaningfulness. You yeah. know, you get that deep meaning from yeah. being in your truth. Because mm-hmm. you're right, you know, happiness is gonna come and go close family member dies, you're not going to be happy, but if you have a deep meaning and you've been living in your truth, that's going to sustain you through. Totally. And like, like going back to relationships, I mean, I was married, I was with my husband for eight years. Mm-hmm. We never talked about the fact that you're still attracted to other people. Yeah. It's like, how weird. We lived together and shared life for eight years and we just pretended that didn't yep. exist. Like, I mean, Blinders and, on. Yeah. And sometimes we might be like, oh, she's pretty or he's cute, but yeah. like very casual, but we never really had serious conversations yeah. about the things that in my last relationship were on the table all the time. Right. And it was hard, you know, the truth was uncomfortable, but it was truth. Yes. And it was freeing because at least we weren't living in a fantasy, yep. pretending that nothing exists outside of the two of us and we're going to be happy every day for the rest of our lives. I would never want to have sex with anyone else. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's or like, even have a connection with somebody yeah. else or enjoy a flirt or whatever yes. it might be that serves different things for us and learning to just like look at our connection for what it is and realize that other things don't have to take away from that the way that we are with friends and family or whatever 
But I, I find it weird now to think, oh my god, I was with someone for eight years and we never talked about any of that. We've just event. lived in the dream, in the fantasy, <laughs> in the fake world. Like, I wonder sometimes, imagine if we talked about that stuff, I wonder if it would, I wonder what... Well, it's so, it's so much social programming that goes into the idea of a monogamous relationship mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't think open is for everyone. No. By any means, it's difficult, it's got its own pitfalls. <laughs> oh my god. It's not even, I don't even think... For me, it's definitely preferable to monogamy, but I wouldn't say on average it's preferable oh, to monogamy. Right. For most people, it's gonna it's gonna tear open some wounds that they might not be ready to deal with. I think the way I see it is like conscious whichever, like yes. conscious monogamy or conscious mm -hmm. non-monogamy, like choosing for me, yes. choosing and discussing what we are going to be and wh why and what that means because. I think where I lived before was unconscious monogamy. Yes. Like, we were monogamous, it was assumed, and off we went, but then there was still no truth around just anything just, and it's everything. Not, it's like, not from a place of abundance. Which yeah. Is, I mean, anyone that's out there that's single and dating should know this as well, but it's like if you're coming from a place of abundance, then you make good decisions because yeah. you're not in the scarcity mode. But Go if you're ahead. in the scarcity mode of monogamy where that's all you know, you're just. Anything that goes wrong, you're like, well, it must be because I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm not, not that enough, this system I'm, yeah. might not be for me, but when you come to that place of abundance, you can make that conscious decision to go, I choose this yeah. or I choose this. Totally. And that's totally different. And so. like, if we choose, like, I don't know where I'll land on it all. Yeah. To me, it's an exploration and experience, mm -hmm. um, just like everything in life. I may be in a monogamous relationship in the future, I yeah. may not, I don't know. All I do know is I want whatever, every connection I have. Let's have a conversation about what what are we choosing for us, right. and what does it mean, and how can we talk about the challenges that come up? Because yeah. challenges exist in relationships no matter what. Um, but having a like an, an open, safe space to just talk about that stuff, uh, I think is the ideal for me. Whether yes. it's monogamy or non-monogamy or whatever, but let's just be real about it. Um, you know, I, as I said, with with someone for eight years, and I. I don't really remember having many other like in real interests or anything coming along but there were a few and like it's so funny that I didn't talk to him about yeah. it like hey I met this person who oh, I got feelings about it yeah. like doesn't mean you have to even act on it but yeah. like let's just be real well and sometimes it can help too because I think even in a monogamous relationship acknowledging that that stuff came up can help dig underneath what might be causing that yeah. so like for some people they might be in that relationship and Maybe their partner didn't make them feel like they were enough that day. Yeah. So then they had a flirty interaction with someone else and it really filled them back up. It's like, oh no, I'm enough. Yeah. But then being able to acknowledge that interaction happened, yep. then they can dig deeper into their own relationship and go, really made me feel like shit when I had my new dress on this morning. Yep. You didn't even comment. So when I went to the grocery store and the cashier told me, wow, you're looking absolutely stunning today, that mm -hmm. filled me up in a certain way. Yeah. And wouldn't have been there if I hadn't been missing that thing in the first place. Yeah. So it's like the open and honest communication right back to totally. it. You get underneath the issue to really what's yep. what's down here and actually causing yeah. the problem. And like this I <coughs> excuse me, I would like more I, I have needs, I would like more attention from you, but also shit, like I also wanna be in my truth, like how do I fill that up for myself? Yeah. Like so that maybe the flirt is like enjoyable. Yeah but it's not a need that yes. I'm gonna get because mm -hmm. I'm not getting not it here. It. Yeah. yeah. So it's like an opportunity for growth for the relationship as yep. an individual, 
maybe for the other partner to be like, oh, why did I not comment on you? You right. did look beautiful this morning. Like I was in my own shit. Yeah. Yesterday, you said, you know. Exactly. That's how it goes. Yeah, love it. So let's talk a little bit about ayahuasca if you want. Yeah, that's yeah, sure. Something yeah. that I think is just an endless topic of oh, interest. So amazing. So you had a recent experience, like a couple months ago, is that right? Yeah, I think very start of May. Okay. So about two months ago, yeah. Awesome. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit, you went to Sultara. I went right? to Sultara, it was my first and, and only so far yeah. ayahuasca experience. We had four ceremonies. Um, How long of a timeline? Six days? It was seven days Perfect. and then, or seven nights I guess, mm -hmm. and then um, so arrive Sunday, ceremony on Monday and Tuesday, break on Wednesday, ceremony on Thursday and Friday. Gotcha. So two back-to-backs and mm -hmm. one break in the middle. Um, and I really, I went in and I was like pretty like at my wit's end with the depression and the anxiety and the self-loathing and the not wanting to live anymore basically. Yeah. So I wouldn't probably quite use the word suicidal. I hadn't, didn't have any plans of right. you know, ending my life, but I certainly had thoughts of like, I can't do this anymore. Right. I don't want to be here. Yeah, I don't okay want to if exist. A bus just hit me right now. Something like that. that yeah. Um, and so like my breakdown was October and I'd sort of been climbing out, but it was still really tough. And the relationship I was in was kind of like freight training toward, right. so, you know, it was going to blow up and it ultimately did. And then that was like, that also triggered the abandonment wound because, you know, it ended. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, I was, I was on the up from the breakdown, but I was starting, after the breakdown, I was starting to go back down again. And I remember it was two weeks before ayahuasca retreat mm -hmm. and I had a really bad day. I just yeah. woke up and I was like, I can't go on anymore. Yeah. Like, this is just too hard. I tried to go to the grocery store and I sat in my car for an hour crying before I could even go inside. Yeah. And I was just like, I just, I couldn't forgive myself for anything that had happened in the past. I couldn't forgive what had been done to me. Yeah. You know, obviously I knew it's done for me. I knew all this like yeah. fucking logical, spiritual, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I just, I don't feel it. Yeah. I don't, like, I know all the stuff. I've read all the books. So like, shut up with your meditating right now. There. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm just sad. I'm just fucking sad. Yeah. And um, I'm in EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. Um, and I had my forum this day and I was in the forum. And I opened up my laptop to give my update and I like, just like was trying to, I couldn't even like yeah. freaking get my password in and just tears started. And they were like, Sarah, close the laptop, what is going on? Yeah. And I just told them like, I, I can't even do this anymore. Anyway, we had this big talk and they were like, maybe you should really consider antidepressants. Like you've been doing the work girl, we know, yeah. we've seen it, you're amazing, you're strong, we're proud yeah. of you, but there gets to be a point. And I was like maybe they're right. And it was that thing that I've been toying with over time, like, should I be getting on antidepressants? Like, yeah. when do you know? Right, when's the point? When's the point? But I had this feeling inside me like, fuck, like, I've numbed out in every other way. Like, isn't that just another numbing out? Yeah. And I'm willing to look at it, but I need to know that what I'm doing while I go on antidepressants is actually going to get me through and right. heal whatever needs to it's heal. It's not just a permanent band-aid. No, it's I don't want to just, just take antidepressants the rest of my life. Yeah. Like. I guess, I don't know that much about the medical side, but I guess there's maybe few people that actually need a chemical, chemical balance, But even usually that, from my understanding, it's like can be, they're depressed from the time they're 16. Yeah. And it's not like, comes on all of a totally. sudden. Totally. So. And I just had that feeling like, I don't feel that that's it, and I feel there's deep wounding that needs to be healed. 
Anyway, so I had this whole conversation with them crying, blah, 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 and they sort of started, I started getting my head around, okay, maybe I need to go on antidepressants. And I woke up the next day and I was like, you know what, I've just booked in Soltara, I've got two weeks, I'm starting dieta today, no alcohol, no coffee, I'm already vegan, so that's easy, but just like, no sex, no nothing, get everything away, just me. And I decided in that moment, let's just go all in. Like, have you, because I said to myself, if you're going to do this antidepressant thing, can you put your hand on your heart and say you have done everything in your power to avoid it? And I was like, no, I haven't. I have meditated, I have done yoga, I have journaled, I've done therapy, but I've done probably about 80%. Yeah. And I was like, I know what 100% looks like. like I'm a high achiever, a high performer. I know what it looks like to go all in. And I was like, I'm doing it from today. Yes. So I went from two weeks out from ayahuasca, I went all in on myself. Yeah. I really started honoring my morning ritual. I started calling it a ritual, not routine. Yeah. I was like, this is not a checklist. This is like, let's love yeah. the journaling. Let's love the meditation. Let's love and I'm honor so all of it. the best version of myself. Yeah. I blocked everything and everyone out that I could um, or that wasn't serving me and I just really fucking went for it, you know. And I got to Soltara and I was like, I'm here for me. First in my life I was like, I don't, like, these people are all beautiful but right now I just need to be with myself and I was pretty internal. Um, I really just spent most of the days and like everything by myself, journaling and I was like, I'm not, like, if I meet the people, I meet the people, but right now I just really need to be with myself. And I did end up, they're all fucking amazing, I ended up meeting them and loving them, but I needed to kind of have this process. Uh, my first two ceremonies, I felt like not much is happening. Um, I was still in my head. I think my intention was just like too big, too like, heal this, heal that, fix it. Like, I'm so broken, there's yeah. like 100 things that need fixing. We're them all right now. Yeah. And I woke up on the middle day, the Wednesday, and I just felt worse than I've ever felt, yeah. I think. I was just like, I don't even know if this is going to do anything. Yeah. And I felt so yuck. I was still ruminating on the relationship. I was yeah. journaling. But I could feel like, you know, they, they say a lot at Saltara, like, the, trust the medicine. Like, yes. it's working. Even if you're not having this profound experience while you're in ceremony, like, yes. stuff is happening. And I could feel it. It was all coming up. It was all coming out. And it was not nice. It was really, really painful. Um, and I remember this one day, I was sitting, still trying to figure out, but why did my ex leave, and what did I do so bad, and, you know, yeah, I lied, but this, that, but, and I could justify everything, and then I was like, oh, but I'm an asshole, and, like, it was so, and then one minute, I just, I just sat with it, and I was like, you lied, you repeatedly lied, and yeah. broke trust, and that was just too much for him, and he had to opt out, yeah. and it was just like, this weight off of, yeah. like, let's just distill it back to the simple, yes thing around the breakup and then I got into the simple fact of as well of just why it wasn't the right time for us either and I was like it was just like really calm it still felt yuck I still was like well I hate myself for lying like why did I do that but there was something about just looking at it for what it was Um, and we had like sharing circle that day and I remember I got the crystal which was passed around as everyone shared and I I was like people were sharing all these profound experiences and I was like I don't know what to share. Like, I just, I just want to forgive myself, yeah. and I want to forgive what's been done to me. And Absolutely. I was crying. I was and just past the crystal. I'm like, just, I don't know. I was like, still just so desperate. I was like, all right, I see it, but how do I? And um, I remember having a conversation with someone that day who said to me, talking about the intention that we would set over our cup of ayahuasca before we enter into ceremony or at the start of ceremony, and. Um, he shared something about just having a very simple question or yeah. a very simple ask. 
And so that night I went into ceremony and I said, show me the path to forgiveness. Yeah. That's it. I just, just show me the path to forgiveness. Yeah. And um, I went sat back on my mat. Like, I don't know, try not to resist, Sarah. I feel like I was resisting a lot. And I was like, try not to resist. And I just had, at first I had a very nice physical experience. Everything kind of felt nice. I was like, well, this is nice. This is better. This is nice. And then after my second Icarus, I lay back on my mat and I was just feeling nice and tingly. And um, I was like, okay, well, that's not bad. And then my wolf, I have a spirit animal, my wolf was like cuddled up next to me. I was in a fetal position. And then my wolf was all of a sudden like, all right, it's time for you to go in and I'm going to leave and your dad's here. And I was like, shit, I got to do it. I got to do it. And I was like, I had my eyes because I saw this little hole that I needed. So I was like, in I go. Here we go. And I went in and it was amazing. My dad came. It was just his energy. Like I wasn't, I couldn't physically see him or talk to him, but we were communicating. It's very hard to explain. Um, But he just showed me basically through nature analogies about life. And he was like, I was a bird, he said about himself, and I clipped my wings and I caged myself and ultimately I died because I couldn't live like that. He was like, you are my little bird and you need to be free, you need to fly, you can't, you know, and he showed me all these scenarios in my life, with my career, with my marriage, with my current relationship where I was trying to not be a bird basically like I was trying or I was in the cage being admired or I was in this zoo where it looked like I had freedom but I'd hit the roof every time or he just showed me all these analogies and basically it came down to just understanding that we all have a true nature and when we're away from the nature that's when the wheels start falling off and I felt so calm and so peaceful and I was like kind of like laughing at the simplicity of it it was like an alligator and a bunny rabbit they could be the best of friends and love yep. each other's personality, but the alligator is going to fucking eat it's the bunny rabbit. Like, that's just sometimes. what's going to happen, yeah. yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, well, nothing anyone's ever done to me and nothing I've ever done to anyone is anything. It's not bad or good or anything. It doesn't need to be forgiven even. It right. just is because if we're not in our nature, yes. that's what's going to happen. Yes. And it was like, so simple. I woke up the next day yeah. and I just felt peace I've never felt before. Yeah, so weird. Totally gone, and I love myself because yeah. I saw my true nature, yes. and I was like, just be in that. And I've known, like, ever since. I've just—it's been a couple of months. I think I was a little hesitant afterwards to be like, oh, I'm, I'm healed. But a few months later, I'm like, I am. I just yeah. feel I still have my down days. I still have things that come up. But essentially, this analogy of like, just be in your truth, be in yeah. your nature, and if you can stay there then there won't be hurt, there won't be so much that needs to be forgiven or whatever. It's really amazing. It's beautiful. It's such an awesome story. I think uh, what jumps to mind, I don't know if you've ever listened to Jordan Peterson at all. A little, not a ton, but yeah, I've listened to a couple of his podcasts. He's one thing he says that I think resonates with kind of what you were talking about, which is when you have your purpose or problem and you ignore it, it's an unbelievably big monster, but it's behind you, so you can't see it, so you yeah. have no idea how big that shadow is. Yeah. So it's undefined, and mm-hmm. it's this huge thing. It could be unlimited, large issue. Then if you actually turn and look at it, even if it's a huge fucking monster, even if it's the, a huge problem, at least you've defined out. And if yeah. you kind of did that with your own nature, you're able to finally look it in the eyes and go, here's what I am, 
Yeah. And now I know what it is. Now it has parameters. So now yeah. I know how to work with it. Not mm -hmm. just, it's this undefined thing. Yeah. I don't know why I keep acting like this. I don't know why I keep doing that. Well, and feeling like, um, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Just feeling like, going back to relationships, which seems to be the challenge, one of the challenges for me, like, whether it's like r romantic or even friendships and yeah. stuff, it's just like, this is my, like, I'm just staying curious about my nature. Yeah. Like, and I don't know, I don't think we ever fully know ourselves. It's always just a journey, yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's like, who am I right now? What do I need right now? Versus I'm wrong because I'm not fitting into this thing I've been sold for my entire yes. life about the one and, you know, the white picket fence and the marriage and the kids. And, and it's hard sometimes to look at myself and be like, oh man, like, that's just not going to satisfy me, but it look right. it's meant it to be really satisfying. Yeah. Like, why am I not like that? <laughs> but I think it's just stay curious with that and, and just keep going over here versus going over there yep. because you know that's not right. right. So, and the more that you go down this side and figure and explore, like the closer we're going to get to what does feel right yes. for us and what is right for us and meet more people that are like that so that you stop looking at that and thinking, exactly. I'm broken, I'm wrong. Like, no. I'm just willing to look at myself and see what I actually want. Yeah. Sweet. That's a beautiful way to, I think, wrap up here. So, a couple last things I'd like to go through is sort of what's the thing you're most excited about right now in your life, maybe since ayahuasca, or just in general that you're like looking forward to and it just it yeah. gets you up in the morning, you're just like vibrating with energy. I think on the business side, like I kind of close a lot of doors three, six months ago and I've started this new chapter. So I really feel I'm, I'm 10 years as an entrepreneur and I feel like I'm entering that next 10. Yeah. So that just, it's it's like I said earlier, like the whole ecosystem, my little universe of business has kind of come and I'm like, yay, I'm at the start of this next journey. So yeah. that really, really excites me. And then I think how life is as I continue to be more in my authentic truth, mm -hmm. because I really feel this breakdown, this baptism of fire, yeah. this ayahuasca, like everything has kind of just sparked something in me that I can't let go of that's yes. like every single day. What is my truth? What is my truth? What, like dig back the layers, dig back the layers. And it's helping me have better relationships, yeah. heal the abandonment wounding, um, establish emotional boundaries, like things that I've just never been good at. I think I'm just really excited to keep going on that journey and seeing how not just the behavior change and the habits, but the deep work, the deep changing of the stories we tell ourselves and letting go of that, um, how that kind of just continues to expand yeah. my experience as a human, my experience with the people in my life, the way I can love and receive love and all of that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I guess before we just finish up here, where, where can people find you? Website, Instagram? Yeah, so sarahregalhooth.com, which we can write it versus yeah. me spelling yep. <laughs> My right name on. is complicated. It's like my Instagram is just at Sarah Regalhooth. Um, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to find me. Instagram's kind of where we're all at, I suppose, awesome. right yeah, now. It's yeah. spot. As yeah. unhealthy or healthy as it might be, that's the spot. It's so. like so weird because yeah. sometimes I feel like it's amazing and other times I'm like, oh, fuck this hey, shit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for being on. Thank um, you. I'm trying to instill more gratitude in my own life. So I think one of the things I'm grateful for about this conversation, one of the things I'm grateful for about you is just the way you show up in your truth, no holds barred. And you kind of, 
you present everything from how you've lived it, and you've really hit that point of truth, and it's very apparent in the way that you speak, and it's very apparent in the way that you express yourself, that you've hit that point of truth where you're, you're all in. And it's just such a beautiful thing to see someone who's just like, ah, here's what I've experienced. So I thought this was awesome. I'll absolutely do it again. Oh, amazing. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an awesome conversation, and I'm grateful to you for creating the space to have these conversations. So, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Great. So, hope you enjoyed the episode. This episode was a great one for me. I really enjoyed the way Sarah described her personal struggles of going through just the trials and tribulations of running businesses, as well as her own internal struggles with depression. I thought that vulnerability really shows the whole picture of what it's like to be an entrepreneur, and not just the rosy picture that people sometimes see. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider dropping a five-star rating on iTunes as well as subscribing and sharing it with a friend because that's the way we get this podcast info out to more people. And if you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Alexander Diesel. That's at Alexander Diesel on Instagram. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode and thanks for tuning in.